folks I don't, I, don't, I don't even know like i don't know how to start this one off uh i don't know if my thoughts are still straight yet or not I, i'm still trying to process it all but the dogs are going to the natty we're going back to the natty listen i bought everything i could find last year national championship gear logo shirts everything i could find national championship because i didn't know i had high hopes but i did not know if we'd ever be back in my lifetime we waited so long but here we are 365 days later here we are right back at it and i love this week right here because all anyone's going to talk about is the dogs and tcu we're in here a lot of dogs a lot of upset folks i'm loving every second of it eat it up eat up these next nine days because it's the last we get a college football for a while and it's all dog baby we're about to get into some nitty-gritty um it's just gonna be me and griff for a little bit jake uh, got caught up doing some stuff but we're gonna get after it. we're gonna talk all things ball game and man what a game it was griff start the new intro it's on the way no good he hooked it and georgia is gonna survive At the stroke of midnight, the first few seconds of 2023, Ohio State falls one kick short. <laughs> My God. One Listen, kick dude. short. <laughs> well, let's just start from the beginning of the game and move forward. Uh, like, first off, I want to knock, knock this on the head. I want to get this out of the way. Jake said a lot of things in the last show, and and it was quite funny, and it was it was good entertainment. And we've and we said from the beginning, listen, we're not Ryan Day fans on this podcast by any stretch of imagination. Uh, but listen, like I, I'm fine to I give God respect when he steps up to a challenge. I thought Ryan Day coached one of his best games at Ohio State on Saturday. Um, I thought he did a phenomenal job with with some of the stuff that they did. Um, clearly CJ Stroud was bought in and I, I, I tip my hat to him because they came out, they played really tough on um, that was kind of the knock on Ohio state all these years. They're soft they're soft under Ryan day. They play tough as nails, man. And I still don't think he's like a top notch coach or I don't think he's just the best ever, but I, he, he proved a lot to me on, on Saturday and everybody's going to talk about that play at the, get, at the end of the game. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. But, um, Hats off to him and hats off to C.J. Stroud and their receivers and their interior. Like, they did everything they needed to do to stay in the game. All the points we talked about on the preview show, they did it, man. Their interior on offense and defense was unbelievable. They played lights out. No, they did. And C.J. Stroud was phenomenal. His his best game as a college football player, he stepped up. The lights were not too bright. He played his balls off. I'm glad he got a chance to play in the playoff because he's special. And that was some special stuff he put on display. Marvin Harrison Jr., unbelievable. I mean, unstoppable. Yeah. Like, there's not really much to say about him. He's unstoppable. And Mecca Abuka, he's a beast. Fleming, like they, they were all really, really good. They all stepped up. Hats off to them first and foremost. I want to get that out of the way. Now, let's talk game. Griff, what are we feeling? I mean, dude, you know, you talked about Ryan Day and, you know, I did. I, he definitely did a good job in this game. He definitely did. I, I I don't think that our takes about him. I don't think it really changes the way I think about him. I think that in this game, he definitely did coach to the potential of Ohio State's team. 
I think that's the reason that they played so well in this game because they are talented. No doubt. And they do have the talent to win games. And when he does his job, they they compete in games like this. But when he doesn't do his job, you see stuff happen like what happened with Michigan this year. Yes. That that's the thing. Like coming into the game, there was never a question on on like talent disparity. Like Ohio State matches Georgia in talent, like man for man. Like their defense is, is not near as good as Georgia's. But also, like, look at the people they've recruited. Like, talent-wise, they're right there. They are right there. Offensively, they're, they're more talented than us. Like, let's, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Like, C.J. Stroud is is as talented as any quarterback that's played in college in a while. Like, he's that good. And, and we're going to talk a lot about, well, the defense is beatable. I've heard, I heard people text me that. Defense looked really beatable on Saturday. Uh, defense was terrible. Key Ringo sucks. All this stuff, dude. Listen, listen. Sometimes, actually all the time, Really, really good offense is probably going to be really, really good defense. Like, when a quarterback puts a team on their back, there's not much you can do. And C.J. Stroud decided he wanted to run the ball on Saturday, and once he started doing that, I thought we were cooked. I was like, okay. Like, we plan on this guy to be in the pocket for four quarters. He's decided he wanted to run the ball, which he has the capability of doing. He just hasn't done it all year. He decides to do that against us. Meanwhile, he's throwing darts. He's on the run. He's he's hitting everybody in stride. He was just on one, and we put no pressure on him. Their offensive line stepped up. And listen, like look, look remember the touchdown that Starks gave up to uh, Harrison? He mm-hmm. locked him up for four and a half seconds. You yeah. can't do any longer than that. If, if you give a quarterback that much time, he's going to hit anybody. You can't guard anyone that long. No one in those comments can guard me for four and a half seconds. Like It doesn't matter who is guarding who. You can't guard on that long. So it's just stuff like that, man. Like some stuff is just you can't do much about. We got pressure on him, rolled it to the right, hit him for a touchdown. So like yeah. before before you jump all over Georgia and some of the players, like just it's okay to tip your cap to the other team every now and then. Those are really freaking good football players on Ohio State, and they played their balls off. Yeah, you you said nobody in the comments could guard you for four seconds. You know, that, I think that's a good analogy. But sadly enough for you, the guy sitting next to you on the screen could guard you for four seconds. Um. But yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, I mean, we just could not get home on pressure. We really couldn't, and it it was really frustrating to watch most of the time. I was I was pretty pissed off most of the game oh, and doing dude. I was doing everything I could not to show it because I was at like a function, <laughs> like an event, and I was like, I'm not. <laughs> dude, it was exhausting. Like I was exhausted after the game was over. I I couldn't think. I just fell asleep. Like it was so taxing on my body. I felt like I played the entire game. I, God, it was brutal. But and I was I was the one tweeting for the most part. I was trying to control myself, like not say anything that I was going to regret the next day, which I usually don't. But like it's been not, it's been a long time since I've been tested like that. I went back and read them. We're all good. Uh, <laughs> but like it was it was stressful, man. And I saw and the people in the comments like y'all are some nuts. Everybody out here is watching this. We all got some nut in us. Ain't no doubt about it. Some of y'all are nuts. Uh, but that's just that's just loyalty. That's just freaking diehard, and that's what we love about <laughs> college football. Some of y'all are crazy, but that's part of it, and that's why and we, we love it. it. We love all the BSB followers. Y'all are crazy. We're crazy. That's why this works. But God, some of y'all in the comments, I I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, the Stetson. Uh, let's just start there, Griff, because that's your boy. That's yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. That's let's where we're at. There. Listen, I don't care. I, I've had so many arguments since I tweeted that thread. Stetson Bennett. When you he's not the best football player ever playing college football. He's not even close. He he wasn't the best football player playing quarterback on Saturday. But dang it, 
He's had the best career. He has had one of the greatest careers in college. You cannot tell the story of college football without talking about Stetson Bennett. You can't do it. He is one of the greatest, not best. He's not one of the best college football players ever. He's not. It's just plain and simple. Greatest? Greatest means when you're talking about legacy. If we win this game on Monday, Stetson Bennett is one of the greatest college football players of all time. He is. I mean, I, I don't really know how you can debate it. I and you, we've already got a comment here that pick Stetson threw was how is how is that what you walk away from this game with? Like, how is that the first comment that comes to your mind when you think about this game after it, he threw for 400 yards almost and had four touchdowns? Like, there is no way that's what you're sitting on. Nah, just ignore this. Ignore that. But, but talk. Give me something. Just just soak in it, Griff. Tell me about it. Tell me about dude, that a little bit. All year long, all year long, we had to hear, oh, uh, yeah, this, like, what's he going to do without the generational defense he had last year? What's going to, what, what's that going to do when he has to win in a shootout? You know, and I haven't heard anybody eat any crow on that yet. Nah. Yeah, you better get to eating because nah. Stetson Bennett, when he had to win in a shootout, go pound for pound with the best college football quarterback. At, well, I mean, I would say, what up? Yeah, him, him a real him. argument. Him and Caleb Williams are are one potential one one pick. Yeah, but when it comes to down, when it comes down to it, he went punch for punch with him the whole game essentially. And yeah, he had his times where he struggled. I mean, every quarterback does. CJ Stroud, yeah. Stroud, I had a couple times where he missed throws and stuff. I mean, they had the exact same completion percentage in the game. They had the exact same completion percentage in the game. No, like it, it's genuinely insane to me that like for some reason people have this preconceived notion about Stetson that was more than fair like a couple years ago and maybe like in a year and a half ago. Yeah. And a year and a half ago, like even mid-season last year, it was like we don't know what set we're going to get. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it sucks. But that's the Stetson Bennett experience. But this year, this year no one has been willing to change their mind at all about this. And – it's carried over, and you. I'm glad you hit on that, Griff, because it was always well. If it, it, it's the generational defense, the only reason he wins. If it turns into a shootout, what, what's going to happen then? He can't go blow for blow with a guy like CJ Stroud, and that's what somebody was texting me when I said it. And I'll say this again because I want you to clip this, Griff. Oh yeah. This when I said when I said greatest, greatest means legacy. Legacy as a college football player. It's how you perform in big games, your career as a whole. People were telling me, oh, he's not, he's not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He, he blah, 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 all this, blah, that. You can't say that anymore. He's answered all questions. His career is unbelievable from the start of it to the end. Hopefully he ends with two rings and caps it off. But he went blow for blow with a potential 1-1 pick in the semifinals. And somebody texts me, he's like, this one game makes him all of a sudden one of the greatest of all time. Honestly, honestly, yes, because he answered all those questions in one game. And yeah, a semifinal game where you perform like that is a pretty big legacy boost. I hate, well, to, I hate to break it to you, especially against Ohio State. In that scenario, he went 10 of 12 for 190 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter for twice now. The two best quarterbacks in college football, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, he's been the better player in the fourth quarter of the big game. That right there defines your legacy as a college football player. Stett has done it. And if you're still hating, you're just not watching and you're being stubborn. Well, see, yeah, and that's the thing about that comment is like, oh, this is this one game changes it. No, you just haven't been paying attention to all the other games, is the problem. But Griff, to an extent, it kind this is the big that was the biggest game of his life in terms oh, no, of the final legacy. Like that, that's that's the one that defines it for sure. 
But I mean, because of all those questions you you said people brought up all the time, he answered them all in one game. He he did he won the shootout. Our defense was was not great. He won the shootout. He did. He went blow for blow, and we won that game because of Stetson Bennett. And no one else can. You can't say otherwise. No, you can't. Yeah, the the Georgia doesn't have elite wide receivers crowd is in shambles right now too because we had to show out on Saturday. Oh man. Um. Yeah, Arian let's, Smith. Let's just lead right into that. How yeah, good Arian Smith, Smith, man? Ad Mitchell, uh, both looked tremendous. So you know those guys can eat their crow too. Um, Got some other state fans over here. Let's, let's talk to them real quick. Y'all said we were soft was the big thing for a Georgia fan. So that was the case. Y'all weren't watching either. Well, That's Parker, you also said five seconds ago that you'd see us again soon, and you won't because you're going to have to wait a whole 365 days to play another game. Well, not the well, way. Parker. Listen, uh, we we gave y'all flyers at the beginning of the show. Like, whatever. You should have been you, in here early, but you can just keep crying. Yeah, uh, you can love us or hate us. You can watch us on Monday. We're That's we're done. Whatever. We're done being nice. You know now it's. Yes, like <laughs> I saw people on uh, on the YouTube comments this past week, like. Oh y'all, what well, we all please quit talking so much before the game, blah blah blah. If you wait to talk till after the game, you need to grow a pair. You're a you loser. You need to grow a pair. How, Michael Jordan you, said it in the last dance documentary. If you if you start talking after you're up, you're soft. He don't respect you at all. It's it's the people that talk before and when you're down. That that's when that's when people can back it up. But number one, we don't we don't determine the outcome of the game by what we say. Number two, if if you wait till after the game decide to talk and then you just cower down if you lose, you're soft. Number so. like what are we talking about on this if we're not giving out our takes and everything like and talking yep. crap like I mean anyway <laughs> anyway back to it Arian Smith man what a game changer what an absolute game changer two giant plays in that game he can just take the top off the defense at any time if he gets matched up with the right guy it's a touchdown and we have missed that game breaker so much like Lad McConkey is to an extent he's been awesome but he was our number one wide receiver all year so he had the number one corner on him. Arian Smith is not the number one wide receiver. You can kind of mix him in and get him matched up against a guy you want to match up against, and he's going to take the top off of it. That is a weapon. That is an absolute weapon. And to have him back in that game and him perform like that was awesome, man. I'm so happy for that kid. Yeah. It it, it was one of those things. It was. I'm, it takes me back to the Tennessee game kind of because when I watched the replays of that game, because I watch it pretty often, um, you hear Gary talk about how we haven't had – uh, any deep balls this year or whatever before that one to Arian Smith. They're like, that is the longest pass that Georgia has completed all season. And so just the fact that we were able to do that multiple times in this game was pretty was pretty satisfying. Yeah, listen, and, and I want to start kind of chronologically in the game, Griff, and work our way up like that. But one more point I want to hit on. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, the better team did the better team lost. The better team lost on Saturday. And for Three quarters, you're right. But listen, 90% of the time, the better team wins the fourth quarter. Like, that's what a good championship team does. And, and y'all think it's corny when a coach starts talking about championship DNA and a winning culture. That stuff freaking matters. Like, as an athlete, I'm telling you, that stuff matters. There's been places where I've gone into. I remember when I came to high school, we were playing baseball. I grew, we, My grade grew up playing together our whole life. We always won. Like, just plain and simple, we won all the time. We were used to winning. We get up to high school, and this is a group that's consistently lost. And we lost a lot that year, our freshman year. And we were like, what's going on? It's because nobody – like nobody – when we walked to the field, we didn't think we were going to win. That – when Georgia walks into a stadium now, they know they're going to win. When they get down by 14 points, they know they're going to win. They they always win. Like that, that – that, 
that calming presence, that heartbeat slows down is a real thing. Kirby Smart has established a winning culture, sustainable winning culture at Georgia. In years past, we don't win that game. Kirby's first two years, we probably don't win that game. Three years even, we don't win that game. That's a culture that's been built over time by good leaders. You can you can tip your cap to guys who's been through the program that's established that. We still felt Nicobe Dean's presence last night, Jordan Davis's presence, all those guys that helped us win a championship and were leaders. That carried over to that game, and the culture came through. That's what a winning culture does. Hats off to Kirby Smart. Hats off to the coaching staff. Everybody's been through there. Mel Tucker, Sam Pittman, Dan Lanning, all those guys, they won that game last night. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's just so different from what we used to watch as Georgia fans. <laughs> I mean, It truly is. It's, it's awesome, it's man. It's crazy where we've come from sitting at a table in middle school talking about Georgia football, you know? It's yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, so like the game starts, man, and we get such a good possession on, on defense the first drive. Such a good possession. We get the sack, get the three and out, and then we start marching right down the field. And we kind of stall out and miss the field goal. And, and Griffin, we talk about this all the time. Biggest momentum swing in football is a missed field goal. It is I the biggest momentum swing in football. It's crazy. I just knew they were gonna score. I was like, oh, we got a game now. Like, I thought if we stopped them on third down, got the ball back and punched it in quick, I was anxious to see how they were going to respond. Because against Michigan, it looked like they staggered, stepped back, got hit in the mouth, and I was like, we need to do that early. Well, they stayed in it. They got going, and next thing you know, we had a game. We're down 14. Yep. And, you know, it was the way the way that Stetson came back and responded to being down 14 after he threw the pick to put us down 14. I mean, that's just who he is. You know, I – it's just who he is. I know we've talked about him a lot already, but I mean, that's just what he does. I he did it in Alabama, against Alabama in that championship. He made a game-breaking turnover, and you think, oh, this is where it ends. And then what does he do? He turns around and freaking comes down the field and scores a touchdown. I was texting my buddies an Ohio State fan who I love, and and here's here's exactly how our text message conversation went. He said. Um, well, first off, he said that was the best game CDS had ever played for Ohio State, which is true. And hats off to him because he stepped up when it mattered. And it was it was fun to watch, genuinely. Like going back and watching now, it's fun to watch. At the time, it, it pissed me off. Now, re-watching the game, I'm like, dude, he's special. Yeah. Uh, but next he said, I really thought Stetson didn't want to win that game for a second, but the M effort came in clutch again. And I said, Yep, that's the Stetson Bennett experience. <laughs> that's the Stetson Bennett experience. <laughs> I mean, he he did he did the dumb thing. That that pick was tough, but at the same time, you know, that's just what he does. You know, so. yeah. There's a lot of people in the comments saying the pick wasn't on him; it's on Kenny. Maybe we don't like. There's no way to know that for us. There's there's generally no way to know that he threw it off his back foot. Like it's just it wasn't the throw to make at that time. Kenny had a linebacker on him. He had him beat. I can see both sides. I, I really do see both sides. It's a miscommunication. And guess who miscommunication falls back on? It falls back on the quarterback. That's just how it always goes. So whether or not it was, you know, his his fault schematically, it was it was just not a, it was not a good decision at the time. Nothing about it was good. He was off balance, and it, it kind of looked like he staggered a little bit. Like he he was pump faking. Like he was second guessing what he was doing for the, for a little bit of the game. And that's when I got worried. Like I had no, seen that yeah, he definitely in a while. did. Yeah. He took a sack for the first time since, what, the Vanderbilt game, they said? Yeah, it was the Vanderbilt game. <laughs> like, there was just some stuff going on where it was he, – he just he started second-guessing himself, and that's not how Stetson plays. When Stetson is confident and he's got that swagger about him, that's when he's really good. And that's why the last drive was so special because 
it was just like Stetson, here's a football, go play football. Like that's this is what you do, go do it. And that is when he's at his best. Yeah, it's just it's so fun to watch him. I I, I genuinely am gonna miss him next year. I didn't think that I would feel this way going into uh or after last year or whatever. I kind of thought he was just gonna ride off into the sunset after last year, but he came back and you know, I, I jumped on the train. I've been riding it all year long, and uh, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be sad after after the season's over. It's funny. You can tell what it's going to be like from, from the first play of the drive. That's what's so funny about Stetson. Like, you know exactly how the drive is going to go. You really do. On the first play of the drive. <laughs> and that's why I hear people talk about, well, Kirby's soft for taking that knee before halftime. I was like, uh – no, you I didn't was, watch I was those screaming. first two plays. <laughs> I was screaming at the TV to take a knee because he's like, he should have trusted Stetson Bennett there. People are, you should trust Stetson. Yeah, listen, he trusts Stetson Bennett a lot. Trust me, he's taken a lot of flack for playing him over the years. I promise you, nobody has more trust in Stetson Bennett in that. But he's also watched Stetson Bennett a lot more than anybody else. He knows exactly how that drive was going to go if we kept trying to push the ball up the field. That was like, all right, let's just go to halftime down four. We'll make the adjustments, come back out. Well, that touchdown before that was the worst touchdown I've ever seen a Georgia defense give up ever. So, or the drive, I guess. It was absolutely infuriating. Yeah. Here we go. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit this out right quick, Griff. <laughs> this comment says, to me, it's clear. Our, our players watch these podcasts and how everyone's saying OSU had no chance got in their head. I hope we don't take TCU lightly and make that one game to go off. Listen, the players are not going to take anyone lightly. I promise. They're I not promise. watching this podcast. I can yeah. promise you. <laughs> They're, not watching this podcast. They're not watching this podcast. And, and listen, guys, there's no such thing as taking a team lightly in the playoffs. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. We didn't take Ohio State lightly. They came out and kicked us in the mouth. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say a team is as good as us on the field. It's okay to say that. And it, we it, pulled through when it mattered. Like that's that's that is better for us. It, it's better for us when you say we beat a really good team. That makes us look better. And it's the truth. We don't have to always say, "Oh, we came out slow. We took them lightly." No, they played their freaking balls off for three quarters of that game. Even the fourth quarter, they played good. We were just better. Look, that's how sports go. You there's good teams on good. That's called the playoffs. And we were the better team when it mattered. At the end of the day, what we say and do as fans makes no difference when it comes to the actual <laughs> game. Unless you're like in the stadium and you're cheering, yeah. like contributing to the crowd noise, what you do has absolutely no effect unless you just like ran on the field and like took yeah. someone's knee out or something. Yeah, that would have an effect on the game for sure. <laughs> I mean, but outside of that, you have nothing. You have nothing to do yeah. I, with it. I mean, Yep, yep. Um, let's talk more game though, Griff. Listen. Let's hit receiver room real quick. We already talked about Arian. A.D. Mitchell coming back. Listen, we knew it. We knew it. Brooks told us to try to temper our expectations and see what we had. The problem with me and the problem with Griff is we're too emotionally invested to ever be that reasonable going into a game. That's not going to happen. We're not that reasonable. Sorry. (laughs) We're too emotionally invested already. As soon as A.D. was back, I was like, the real A.D. is back. I don't care. He's been hurt all year. He's back. Luckily for us, he was. And he was a monster. We went to him three times in the first drive. Man, he's freaking good. He can win any one-on-one on the field. We went to him the game winner. He's caught a touchdown in all three playoff games he's played in. He's probably going to catch one on Monday. That's how good he is. But the guy I want to give flowers to, and this is a DGD by every stretch of imagination. Let's give a little clap to Kyrus Jackson, Griff. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Kyrus Jackson, I was just sitting there thinking about it today. 
he is one of the most clutch Georgia Bulldogs of all time. Any catch he has made over his career, for some reason, is massive. Yeah. The, the Florida game in Jacksonville comes to mind. Huge momentum swing. We get a turnover, bomb to Kiaris. Puts the game away pretty much. Um, there, was, there was a catch in that first Auburn game in the COVID year he made. I think it was a touchdown catch. Huge catch. Uh, the, the, the punt return, he's the most sure-handed punt return that we've probably ever had. The dude just catches it, and I'm fine with that. And then every <laughs> now and then, he has a return like he did on Saturday that puts us in prime position to score in a time that we really needed it. And then he comes in at the end of the game and makes the probably the biggest catch of the game. Yeah. Number one, what a dart by freaking Stetson. Number two, Kiaris Jackson. He's never complained. He doesn't play a whole, whole lot like on offense. He doesn't catch that many passes. I've never heard him complain one time. He just comes back to school the next year, keeps balling, keeps blocking his tail off. He deserves all the credit in the world. So happy for him to make that catch, and he's going to come up big for us again on Monday because that's what he does. He also has just like the most elite like reaction to catching balls. Yeah, he just does. gets just up, and just... up and stares. <laughs> yeah. And then the last shout out. There are two more shout outs. Marcus Rosby, Jack Saint. That yeah. you talk about big catches. My gosh, he catches every like it, it's a third down. The every only time he catches the ball down. is a third down. It's huge. <laughs> and then Don Blaylock. We throw a fade to oh, him on that third one down. I mean, dude, everybody stepped up on offense. I mean, that's the thing. People think our receivers like aren't good. They can't make plays. And here we are just naming off guys who made plays well, in this game. Well, when you have AD and Arian back, it makes a big freaking difference because they yeah. can't guard them all. Like, I, if, yeah. if they're hurt, yeah, it's a little easier to guard a couple of them. When they're all there, it's tough. So this is what – this was that game. And that, even like, still in this game, Ladd isn't there. He's he's He's, he's hobbled. Yeah. And we, and we lost Big it's, O, man. And listen, losing Big O, I, I don't think a lot of people understand how big – a lot of people understand how big that was. Let me take that back. The extent of how big that is 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 – you can't put it on paper how big it is because he is the best blocking tight end we've ever had. He gets out in space like he's a like an offensive tackle and moves people. He is as influential to this offense scoring the football as anyone on that field. As in, like I'm telling you, that dude does so much for us that we as football fans don't fully understand. He was big. Losing him hurt really, really bad. Hopefully he can go. We don't know. Hurt us to not a high ankle sprain. We'll see. Look at Brooksy. Hopping in here. Boys, we got Um Problemo. What's up? ESPN. Copyright blocked. Everything. No no game footage. No no TV footage. No nothing. No what film. you mean? I, I, I can't do oh, film. Oh, you have no copy. film? None. I can't do nothing. I oh, have no. no TV copy, no nothing. So oh, no. We, we just got, we got nothing but the takes, baby. We got nothing but the takes. We're going to hey, stand on the takes this week. That's, that's, that's rolling fine. with me. That's all good. Everybody loves a good take. You guys, we've been spewing them. It looks like it. We've been that. firing them off in here. Y'all got to load it up, huh? <laughs> yeah, we've been trying. We're giving flowers to the receivers right now. We're just going through the receivers and just giving them their flowers. Well, continue, sir. Well, yeah. here's Griff. Here's what's crazy, though. Like coming into this year, this is the type of game that people expected more often. Everybody's like, "Well, our defense, our defense is young. Like offense is going to have to carry." Like I heard that word a lot. Offense going to have to carry us. I never really bought into that fully, and obviously it didn't it didn't carry out that way. But there came a time where we relied on our offense to go toe-to-toe with one of the best offenses in the country, and everybody freaking stepped up. Everybody stepped up. Is all, and the running backs played well, too. I the am. running backs played awesome. Awesome. And people were saying some weird stuff about Brock. I, I don't. He was the second leading receiver on the team in the game. I, well, it just, was so funny. Kirk Herbstreit jumped on there. Where's Brock? Where's Brock Bowers been? He, he no-show this game. And then he catched, he catched like three passes on that drive. 
Like he's not a no show guy. He's <laughs> out there. I promise he's out there and he's going to catch a big pass. And, and the fourth down stretch, my gosh, like what a freaking warrior, man. What a warrior to make that play in that spot. That won us the game. Like we lose that game if we don't get that. Dude, so, Kirk was so pissed off the entire <laughs> at the end of the game. You know, he was like, he knew it was coming. He was just the like, guy oh. who was most upset. I don't know if you saw any of the SC Nation uh, coverage. Roman Harper was, was like, I didn't. <laughs> he was red cheeked up, dude. <laughs> he could not, he couldn't get over it. It was so funny. He was sitting there and he was all anytime like Tim Tebow was awesome, man. He was giving everybody credit. Like that's what you do after a big win. You, you can talk about the negatives like later on in the week, but like right after a big win, dude, like just, just give the guy their flowers. Well, Roman Harper sitting there and he's like, oh man, there's still a lot of things they got to correct quick, quick, blah, blah. Chris Smith walks over for an interview and he like, flips on a 180. <laughs> he's like, hey, bro, what's going on, man? Way to come downhill and hit somebody. Like, Dude. <laughs> he's putting on a show right now. <laughs> he was hurting. Roman yeah. was hurting a little bit. Yeah, dude, you know, just during that game, he's sitting there, he's like, oh, giddy, you know, he thought they were going to win. Yeah. And just, I, listen, I love it. I love up. a good biased media member. I ain't going to lie to you. I oh, think yeah, it's hilarious. It's when Mark Spears starts talking about, about LSU – I think it's like a true biased wannabe media member right there. Hey, bro. I love it. <laughs> I, I think when Marcus Spears starts talking about LSU, it's awesome. You just see the love and his the twinkle. I wish eye. David Pollock would be like that, bro. I, I wish he would so much. I understand why you don't. Because no, Kirk, Kirk, yeah. like Kirk would never be able to call that game if he was biased. So right. I understand. But yeah. I, I do love me a good biased like media member. Every no, I love when Dez and, and Kirk show their colors a little bit. Like, it's fun. It's funny. Yeah. I enjoy it. You know what, what? who I didn't know was like super Ohio State Buckeye guy? Is Joey that? Galloway. Oh yeah. Oh really? I had no I had no clue. Saw him pregame. And, I mean, he was like in the like in the Bucky stuff. Like was out like repping um, <laughs> with the wife and the kiddos on the sideline with the passes. I'm down yeah, with it, man. Joey. <laughs> I saw Aaron, I saw Aaron Murray tweeting stuff and so saying we needed that. We needed this. I'm like heck yeah, Aaron. That's no, yeah, Aaron Murray has come around as a little bit more of a homer when he's not like. Uh, I think networks has opened up to it a little bit. Yeah. Like, it's not so, you know, have your freaking I, you know, color I think it started in. with Mina Kimes just being a psycho about the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and I love that, like, too. You know what? It's okay. Yeah. Honestly, like, you, I don't know. I Even when I talk about Jordan, I have a lot of bias takes, but I try to be reasonable reasonable about them. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we we do this way better. Like, I just said that. C.J. Stroud was is one of the best quarterbacks in college by far. He's gonna be a potential one-one pick. Like it's that's just how it goes. You just can call football. You call football. Brooks. By the way, I don't know. We were just talking about this. I want to ask your opinion on this as as a guy who who sits in like kind of a non-fan area. Why is it that when a team comes out like Ohio State and hits us in the mouth and is the better team for the majority of the game, our go-to is we overlook them. Our as a family, we overlooked them. Yeah, we came out flat. Like I was like, no, we didn't. They just you can s- you can say that about like Missouri because that makes sense. Like, yeah, we came out flat, and but Missouri even playing. played us good. I mean, yeah, for, they played us good, but I mean, at the same time, for fifty-two minutes of that football game, Ohio State was fourteen points better. I mean, that's just that's just <laughs> straight <laughs> facts. That's the reality. But the the and we're I think we're going to talk about this on our show because I got nothing but talk, you know, coming up at eight fifteen or eight thirty apparently, but. I, they didn't. They didn't kill you. Never once did they step on your throat. No. Nope. And like, I think you guys learned this more than anything from the years. Oh yeah. Of, of losing that football <laughs> game to Alabama, you have to like take them out back, shoot them twice, 
and then pour gasoline on the dead body and set it on fire. Like you cannot no. give any type of hope or option or, oh, shit, they're only down two scores. Like you have to just absolutely kill mm-hmm. them. And I don't think they ever did that. They had multiple opportunities to do it, and they couldn't get off the field, and they and they couldn't put it in the end zone. It's a credit to Georgia too. Like we talked about that earlier. Like winning culture is corny, but it matters. Like that that's what matters. When you get down like that and you just know you're innate, like in your heart as a Georgia player, you're like, oh, we always win. We're gonna we're gonna win. Like it's fine, it's whatever. We're just struggling. Like, that's how it goes. But it's just funny to me how everybody's like, we come out flat. It looks better as believe it or not, when you beat good teams, it looks better on your program. So like it's okay to acknowledge a team is pretty freaking good. <laughs> did you see that uh did you see that Michigan wife at look at her husband while they were getting put up uh twenty one to seven or something like that? And there's a clip of it. She looks at her husband and goes, Maybe they are actually maybe they actually are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, just a bad team went 12 and 0. God, that was the, that was the worst ever. Like, TCU don't belong there. They're freaking good, too. So we'll get to them later in the week. But they're good. Yeah, dude, like, for real. Yeah, that's. I, you're not, you can't just be a bad team and win 12 games. Like, winning is hard at any level of sports, like, ever. And to win it 12 times, that's tough to do. So I, I they're, they've been good the whole year, Whatever, regardless of what anyone said. Um, big oh, shout out also a guy, speaking of guys stepping up Amarius Mims another clap another quick golf clap getting him back in the portal him coming back playing a little bit this year playing a lot this year actually and then just stepping up in a game like that it was very Broderick Jones-esque from last year and uh huge shout out to him him coming back doing that massive Can't. we we kind of stepped over uh someone during the wide receiver talk because he didn't you know get to play a whole lot but Lad McConkey. When we needed him battle. to make a play, he caught that two-point conversion. He, he hobbled back to the sideline, yeah. too. He battled, man. That's that North Georgia in him. That's that yeah. dog I, in him. I thought it was weird that, like, the first touch you want to give him is a jet sweep. Like, no, that was that, Yeah, that did not, that I did tough. not like that. <laughs> the play first, call. It was very, know. oh, the first time we're going to get A.D. Mitchell a touch is a reverse two-point conversion. We're going to let him throw it. Like, it was very, very similar to that one for me. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, no, that dude's a warrior, bro. Warrior, no doubt. I mean, when, when you – listen, Vlad McConkie grew up six inches shorter than all his friends. Like, you got to have a little bit of toughness in you to play at the level he does. And then he hit a spurt, and then he became the best one. Yeah. Um, Brooks, I know you're going to get into this a lot. Uh, defensively, like, how much of it was just C.J. Stroud being him? Dude, I, I went through it this morning, and I'm, I'm pissed when I can't show – I can't really show it. Um, yeah. And I understand why we can't because it's a massive platform nowadays. But everyone, it, it, at least it's everybody. I look, I don't think anyone's going to be able to do film study. So yeah. even the, the people who are biting the swag um, don't think they're going to be able to do it. So, um, but man, when I watched it, it was, if you watch Georgia defensively over the years, you know that they do one thing in the slot and that's provide outside leverage. So if you look at the slot, the outside, le- the, 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 slot re- the slot defensive back is standing over the outside shoulder of the corner or of the receiver. So he's got the inside of the field to work. Um, but they have it that way so they can funnel them into the middle of the field safety that Georgia always gets to play with because they stop the run really, really efficiently. Um, and what Ohio State was doing was one of two things. Yes, Cole, to answer your question, they were just allowing uh, C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr. to be elite, uh, particularly creating and extending plays and then reverting to a scramble drill. Very, very Bryce Young-esque. Um, just at 6'3", 205 pounds. Um, but the other thing that they were doing is just attacking that with deep overs. 
Like they were just constantly, constantly running a Mecca Abuka over the middle of the field and right. just hitting him on, on, on Dovers is what we call them. Deep overs, deep overs, deep overs, deep overs. But that was the offense. I thought they did a really decent job. Not good job. I thought they did a decent job of making chicken salad out of chicken shit in the run game because mm-hmm. they, they didn't have one. Right. But, dude, he did a decent enough job of, like, turning around. Like, they got in the second and three a couple of times. Yeah. You know, like, they, they ran the ball effectively maybe four or five possessions, and it allowed them to score the football. So, um, I, defensively, man, I didn't I, – I thought C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr. are uncoverable, period. Exactly. And then C.J. Stroud without Marvin Harrison Jr. is still really, really hard. I thought Julian Fleming had one of the best uh, route conversions of the day. Like, he was Mm -hmm. clearly running a back shoulder ball. C.J. Stroud has Jalen Carter in his – or Nazir Stackhouse in his face and and just jumps up in front of him, and Fleming cuts the route off and and, and starts running a comeback out of nowhere. So, like, they're good football players. (laughs) That that was the – like, the whole time. I mean, that coming on with you guys' show made me so nervous – with the way y'all were talking, because I knew what it was. Like, I knew they were the best at the formula required to beat Georgia, which is you got a great guy in the pocket and you got some damn weapons that they can't protect or they can't keep in front of them uh, for too long. Yeah, and listen, that's what I said. Like, listen, those guys, you knew what the guys were on the outside under center. Like, Julian Fleming was like a top 10 player in the 2020 class, right? Dog. Like top 10 player or something. Yes. So – like, you knew what they had, and it was just kind of like, can the interior step up and give them time? And they did, dude. Their interior line stepped up and played their balls off. So, like, you just you just tip your cap when something like that happens, and you got you to gotta freaking brace up and fight back. That's all you can do. Yeah, and sadly enough, you know, them playing the best possible formula, you know, doing everything right, you know, making all the right plays, doing the best they could do. Was just one point short. Enough. Just wasn't good enough to beat Stetson Bennett, a walk-on quarterback who you guys talk crap on all the time. Uh, (laughs) Brooks, I talked when I got on here, Brooks. I said, "Listen, some of you guys are crazy. Some of you people listening to the show are crazy." I said, "We're crazy." I said, "We're crazy too." That's why it works. But some of y'all in the comments on Saturday, mercy, that was that was out there. But I mean, we said we did the stats on it are crazy. He was he was twelve for his first fourteen. And then he went one for nine. He had a stretch of one for nine midway through, like the oh, yeah. the almost throwing a pick before the half, which mm-hmm. is one of the worst decisions he's ever made with the football. And then the eight preceding throws after the half. Okay. That was like some of the worst Stetson Bennett you've seen. No okay. Doubt. It was bad he was Clutching up. Clutching, he was like, it was it, weird. It was weird. The whole just looked like he had scatterbrain. All right. And then Eight minutes left on the clock. All of a sudden, it's just like, whew, yeah, clear the mechanism, dog, and was just balling. You ever seen for love a game? Yeah, oh yeah. That that's what he kind of like reminds me of. It's just like <laughs> I heard him say something about this the other day. He was just like clear, like he he almost sounded like he wanted to say clear the mechanism, like he thought he wanted to say that, but he couldn't quite get there. And that's what it looks like to me. It looks like someone who just deals with all this chaos in a different way than any other human. I tweeted about it. I think he needs to be studied one day. Like Impressive stuff. Impressive. Like Cole, like as an athlete, baseball, impressive. baseball players are way worse. How often do you see a guy get shelled, and then for the next week he's just Tough. shambles? Yeah, especially as a starter. That's all you think about for a week. Like, at least bullpen guy, you can hop back up there. Just wipe yep. it. Yep. It, it's really impressive. That's like when you, when you talk about – when you tell a story of college football, you're not going to be able to tell it without Stetson Bennett anymore. 
Like he no. he's left a legacy that is one of the greatest in college football. Like that's what he's done, especially when he if he wins Monday. Like he, there's no more argument. That's what we talked about. Like you have the arguments. You have the he can't win a shootout or what's he going to do when the defense struggles? And he answered it all in one game. Like it was it was impressive. Hats um, off. I'm I'm kind of sick of the like AJ McCarron comparisons too. He is not like AJ McCarron. No. I mean, not to do this. I I would love to for to to blind stat test him and Trevor Lawrence. Do it. Like I've that's done the it. thing, do man. It. Do it. It's 3,400 yards, 24 touchdowns. That's what it is. That's what that's we said from are. the beginning. Like when you talk about best players, yeah, yeah. CJ Stroud is the better football player. He's going to be at a top NFL draft pick. That's like he's a freak of nature talent-wise. Stetson Bennett's not one of the best college football players of all time. Greatest though, like what he's done on the field, you, you can't argue that anymore. Like there's no more argument. He's going to throw for four thousand yards this year. Like what? What more does he need to do? He's going to be the first Georgia quarterback to ever do that. Four thousand yards. How much does he need? Like a hundred and seventy something. Uh, yeah, I think something like that. Crazy. He needs like 77, I think, for like the most ever for a Georgia quarterback. But what was that, Murray? Murray's junior year, 3,800, I think. That'd be Zyre, right? I, I oh, think it's Zyre. It? Yeah, I think it's okay. Zyre. I think it's Zyre, 3875, something like that. But see, wow. the thing about Murray Crazy. was he just he just threw for like 3,500 every year. And I think he went five and seven that year. That's tough. <laughs> but he 3,800 yard hit his, his way uh, to the radio call. I'm going to tell you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> no doubt, man. Once you do it, you got it. Hey, boy, he's living that life, cuz. <laughs> Ain't no doubt. Ain't no doubt about it. But, yeah, like, listen, guys, you don't, you don't have to make excuses. You can just say Ohio State was, was a really good football team, which they are. They're extremely good talent-wise right there with us. And, and listen, we had a team that was better in the fourth quarter. That's all that matters. You stay with it. You stay with it. Stay with it. Win the fourth quarter. You let us hang around just too long. That's just, you know, you can't do that. It was a thing that we did for a long time. We talked about that just a little bit ago. And, you know, we got over that, and now you can't do it to us. Feels good to be that that team. No doubt. <laughs> Brooks, was the play call inside the five when we threw it backwards? Was that the called play? Bro, he, he pulled the string on that. <laughs> like, that was – Dude, I don't know just, what I it was like the yips. It, it yeah. was it was the yips. Like that's what I'm saying. It was it was it was a stretch of Stetson play that <laughs> was horrendous. It was awful. It was to the point where after the game, when he threw for 385, the first thing Kirby said was, "If we're gonna win next week, Stetson's yeah, got to play." Yes, Kirby was hot. <laughs> after, after, after dude just went down the field twice, walked it, walked it, looked like a damn Sunday guy. Dot 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 dot. First thing came out Kirby's mouth was, "He's got to be better." Yeah, I mean, he was not ooh, yeah, it was Good bad, stuff, dude. There, I mean, that's what. I talk, I, I talk to people in the building that still like they they're with, around this dude day to day. They still don't understand. They still he's don't. Get him. He's 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 a mythical creature. They don't understand how how he can do that. Those three balls he threw in that last drive was three of the best balls he's thrown in his entire career. Like it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. <laughs> you just out of nowhere, oh. out of out of straight nowhere. There was a there was a fifteen play stretch where every time he dropped back, I thought he was going to turn it over. Yeah, yes, and we haven't had that feeling since like COVID. It I mean, since like, Florida, Florida twenty twenty. Yeah, that's the last time where I was like, <laughs> "Damn, dude!" Every time he drops back, he's throwing it into stuff. <laughs> Holy yeah, smokes! I was, that's what I was worried. Like, what, where, where where was the point? That like you really like thought that it was over. Like no no like, no no. Oh oh god. Uh, it, it was after um, 
It was definitely after, not not after the pick. I can't remember, but I'll tell you what. Going back and watching it today, Todd Munkin rescued his ass twice midway through the like both fourteen point deficits. Todd gets into his bag and starts pulling stuff out. There was a a, a, a series there right after the pick where I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he comes back and runs three different run plays that he hadn't run all year. It, one of them was the play Kenny gets tackled by the turf monster. Yeah, he he does some he does some stuff with the motions uh to, with the front side in and drags the corner out of the box and then boom we're about to bang our head on the goalpost. They get in the red zone and he runs truck sweep with the quarterback for the first time in three years. He's never yeah. ran it. He's never once done that. And I know it's been in the playbook out of empty forever. So like there were several stretches in that football game where Stetson was playing like a a, a manic person. Um, and was chaotic and Todd Munkin was just like, it's all good. We'll just do, we'll do, we'll just manage what well, right now we'll just survive this time period where Stetson looks like he's struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Special. Brooks, you're about to go on, huh? Uh, yeah, it's eight 30 already. I'm typing up a new title. So keep going, keep, keep hanging them on. We are going to okay. roll over into my show here in a yeah. second. But y'all okay. keep going. Because there was there was a, a position group we didn't get to that we have to get to. The running backs, dude, they stepped up and played lights out. Kenny McIntosh, like, I've been seeing tweets about him the whole day, like, talking about the stats that he's putting up. Um, it's special. Like, he's the, I think he's the first running back. Or the, There's only three since 2000 to have 500 yards receiving, 500 yards rushing, and 10-plus touchdowns. And he's one of the three. Like, he's been that good, and he's – the other ones were Percy Harvin and Dexter McCluster. So it's two of the he's best the running backs. First Georgia played. player since Todd Gurley and only since Todd Gurley to have over 700 yards rushing and over 500 yards receiving. It's him Crazy. and Todd. That's it. He's had just such a special year. He's been so good for us. When he took that screen pass to the house, like that was so big. And he just, I'm happy for him because ever since he stepped on campus, I'm like, that guy's going to be a dude. And he's always been pushed behind. That guy's going to be a dude. He's now, I think, matched Amir Watt's rushing total and surpassed James Cook's receiving totals from last year. He's like, almost passed Amir Watt's rushing total, I think. I think that he he definitely has passed uh, James Cook's receiving total, though. And that's really all we could ask for going into the year. Like, how are we going to replace those two guys? Well, one dude's going to do it, clearly. Dejon Edwards <laughs> yeah. ran like his hair was on fire. Kendall Milton played his balls off. Guys, this show was awesome. We could talk about this game for the rest of eternity, I think. We'll probably still talk about it a little bit later on in the week. Um, but we're going to get on TCU. We're going to talk all about it, the Natty because it's coming up, and it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Griff, what a ride it's been. What a ride it continues to be. These last two years have been awesome. I'm, I'm going to soak up these next it few never days. never gets old. I'm going to soak up these next few days as a Georgia fan because you can't beat it. Follow us on Twitter, guys. Like the video. Um, Brooks is about to come at y'all with his show of his own. Um, he's going to talk a little more X's and O's than we did for sure. But, listen, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We're crazy, y'all crazy, just like we said. And uh, let's let's freaking win another natty. Let's freaking do it. Go, Go dogs! Dogs!